Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Fantasy Sports Today is back on the air live. Craig Bish here with you as we've got another hour of fantasy goodness to deliver. Our very own special guest, Jamie Eisenberg from CBS Sports and CBSSports.com. I'll also have some thoughts on what's going on with the New York Jets and their head coach, Adam Gase, as well as a college football preview and update. And our second hour of the show starts right now. Fantasy Sports Today. All right, welcome back. It is Fantasy Sports Today, and Craig Mish back with you. Great to be with you here on Friday. Can't wait for the weekend. I am here for the next hour. If you missed the first hour of the show, hey, here's what you do. Go back and listen on demand on the FNTSY app or on iTunes, Android, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, In the second hour of the show, Sean Guastamaki is producing. As always, you can dial me up. Here's the phone number. 844-843-6879. That's the best way to get us here on the show. What are you guys doing this weekend? Are you going to be watching football? Are you going to be watching the uh, World Series? What what is it that you guys have going on this weekend? I'll tell you a couple things for me. First thing is, is I don't know if you guys caught this on social media, but where I live, a brand new hotel was built. First ever huge guitar was built, and uh, they built it over at the Hard Rock. It is phenomenal, outstanding, unbelievable. And uh, yesterday, some huge stars showed up for that thing. And uh, Johnny Depp was there. Morgan Freeman was there. Joe Perry was there. Uh, Jeremy Piven. A lot of big stars. And then they have a concert with Maroon 5, uh, which will open up the place. And I am so disappointed that I'm not going to be able to go to that. Oh, I had big plans. I thought I was going to be able to go, but I can't. So um, it'll be exciting. It'll be fun. They'll just have to do it without me. But the next thing that I would say is that we have a very big Little League game going on tomorrow, 1 o'clock Eastern. So I hope that people will cover that on ESPN. And here on SportsGrid, I would expect a play-by-play on our two-hour Little League game that we will play at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Hopefully you guys will... uh, Get that play-by-play. I'm being facetious with that, by the way. Being completely facetious. So, uh, Okay, updates on everything top of the hour for fantasy football. Let me give you the, uh, the update. Uh, Matt Ryan, his status will be determined on Sunday against the Seattle Seahawks. He did practice today, but now Kelly Conway, who covers the Falcons, says that he, uh, he could play. But Matt Schaub will be ready. What a nightmare going into Sunday in a fantasy league. My gosh. Like, and, and by the way, what's really crazy about the Falcons this season is that for the most part, now this isn't universal, but for the most part, even with them being a complete disaster, they've actually been okay fantasy-wise, right? Like they, they haven't been terrible as opposed to Miami and Cincinnati. Well, Cincinnati's been okay, but opposed to Miami, Washington, right? 
and Cincinnati to a degree, the Falcons have actually produced some okay fantasy numbers at the quarterback position, at the running back position, and at the receivers. But their defense is just so dreadful that they, they, they're they just getting blown out. I mean, even in games where they're down like they were to the Rams last week, somehow you're, you're still getting fantasy points from these guys. It's incredible. So this week they play Seattle. They're at home. I would expect you to get some more uh, good fantasy points from them as well this week. The other big story that's uh, that's kind of percolating in fantasy is what the, the New Orleans Saints are going to do on Sunday night. Uh, or on Sunday, excuse me. I don't have the answer to that. I have no idea. I have to figure out if I'm going to play Teddy Bridgewater or if I'm going to play Drew Brees in my Superflex League. And I'm hoping that I'll get some clarity on that before the game because i got to make a key decision there. I'm, I'm playing in this guillotine league. I can get cut out completely. Now, the Saints, the good news is that they play at 1 o'clock Eastern. So if I find out that Teddy Bridgewater is in, then I'll play him. But if he is out, then my options are down to Kyle Allen of Carolina at San Francisco. Ooh, total of 41 and a half. Or my other option is Joe Flacco at the Colts. Oof, two terrible fantasy options and super flex leagues going on this week. But I got to make that decision. And I'll do it Sunday by watching a little uh, Zumo TV on my Saturday and Sunday uh, viewing pleasure app. As I get to see Sean and Joe Pizapia and Mike Blewett and Jim Day and Gabe and all the great people on SportsGrid. And uh, they will help me make my decisions for sure on Sunday. The World Series Game 3 will be tonight. I'll share my thoughts on that more a little bit later in the show in Exit Velocity, of course. I do think it is do-or-die time tonight for the Houston Astros. This is it. You don't win tonight, you're going home. You're not winning four games in a row. I don't care who you are. I don't care what pitchers you are. Only time I ever saw that in, in history was, of course, when the Red Sox came back to beat the Yankees in 2004. And you saw what that required. And the shenanigans in the 8th and ninth inning with Dave Roberts' steal and David Ortiz and all that stuff that had to happen for them to come back and win. Uh, Doug Minkiewicz. It is not going to happen in this series. If they're down 0-3, the series is over, and it probably will be a sweep. I can't believe I'm even saying that. This guy, Mattress Mac, is going to lose $3.5 million betting on the Houston Astros. I guess better than losing $20 million in furniture, which is what he ended up giving away since the beginning of the season. People thought that Mattress Mac just loved the Astros and he's betting $3.5 million. No, 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 no. He offered anybody who bought furniture at his place, you get this stuff free if the Astros win. He now hedged his bet. He hedged his bet. Very smart man. It's what I would do as well. All right, we got a quick timeout coming up next. I will get into the Adam Gay situation with the Jets. We'll start off with that. After that, I will talk about college football, give you a preview of the weekend. And after that's over, we bring in Jamie Eisenberg from CBS Sports, and then we get some exit velocity and turn it over to full-time fantasy coming up at the top of the hour. So please stay tuned. Please don't go anywhere. We are uh, here every day, Monday through Friday, from noon to 2 Eastern on Fantasy Sports Today, and I am proud to deliver fantasy football content to you for the first time ever. Normally, uh, I was a you know fantasy football uh, weekend guy. And now I'm an everyday guy, and I'm loving it, I'm enjoying it, and I'm going to keep doing it. So don't go anywhere. The weirdest press conference since Adam Gase got hired by the Jets was yesterday. I'll tell you all about it when we return next year on FST. Do not go away. I will be right back.
NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish. Welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish here with you as we close in on our weekly guest spot with Jamie Eisenberg from CBS Sports and CBSSports.com. Jamie will be with us until about 150 some odd Eastern. And then we will uh, do our little exit velocity and turn it over to our friends over at full time fantasy. That is coming up at the top of the hour, two o'clock Eastern. So stay tuned for that as well. All right. A couple of things I wanted to touch on, on this segment. First and foremost, I think that uh, there's a YouTube video that somebody sent yesterday. Sean should check this out. And, and really anybody who's, Uh, maybe a Jets fan or just a football fan in general. And it doesn't have a lot to do particularly with the Jets, but just something that I found interesting. Now, for those of you who haven't followed the story all week long, because it has nothing to do with fantasy, is one of their players uh, was interviewed earlier this week and saying that uh, he had been hurt and, uh, you know, there was a debate about him having surgery. And he was approached and asked if he had reviewed it with uh, the head coach, Adam Gase. He said that he had not. He hadn't spoken to him in a long time. And so uh, one of the reporters uh, yesterday, uh, in and maybe even more than one, I, I don't know. I, it, it's hard because you're only hearing the audio. You're not getting to see who's asking the questions. Uh, but either way, the, uh, the coverage from the reporters in New York, as opposed to some of the other places in the country, if it if it is not summarized in this video of Adam Gase's press conference on Thursday when he met with the media, I believe it was Thursday, it's just incredible. And as somebody that covers sports on a daily basis in Major League Baseball, it, it, it's mind-blowing to me to see just how intense some of these things get. And it reminds me... However you feel about lines of questioning to different people and personal attacks, if that's how you felt, maybe it is. You, you have to go back and watch to, to kind of hear it for yourself. And I, and I know that I'm not doing the best job without fully explaining what was asked. But basically, Gates was like literally for the first three minutes of the press conference grilled. Why haven't you spoken to this player? Uh, he's right here in front of you. What's the deal? Oh, well, he's hurt. Well, why not go speak to, I mean, it was just this back and forth and back and forth. And it reminds me just in sports, how reporting has changed so much. We have so much of the reporting that's being done are not people that are actually covering the games anymore. A lot of it is doing things like this. Uh, podcasts, radio shows, where we're simply commenting on things that we see without any access. Now, fortunately for me, as it pertains to baseball, I have the access. Now, for many, many years, I covered the NFL, uh, asked a lot of these same questions. I covered the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
in Tampa when Tony Dungy was the head coach there. I covered the Miami Dolphins for almost a decade, going to virtually all the home games and some of the road games as well. Uh, professional teams like the Miami Heat, Florida Panthers, Tampa Bay Lightning. And of course, you guys know that I cover baseball. So, I mean, baseball is really my primary media work right now. But uh, I, I got to say that I don't even know that I could go as hard at a coach as as the way that they do in New York. It is it is really it, it's something to behold. And I think that sometimes it makes you wonder, is it a is it a good thing? that you have access, that people have access, and they're able to fire off these bullets nonstop at the coaches? Or do you feel that some of these guys go over the top? I don't know the answer to that. But uh, one of the questions that was asked was, and again, and this was just pounding over and over and over again, was, well, why haven't you spoken to the player? And Gase's response was, I, you know, I just haven't done it. And then the reporter asked, well, what is it, just like a really big place here? That you haven't seen him, and Gase, and Gase is like, yeah, it is. It's just incredible, man. It is incredible. And and for Gase, you know, I gotta say, like that last Monday night game may have been. I mean, the nail may be in the coffin to a one and done season. And they, there was so much promise a couple of weeks ago. The Jets look pretty good, but I don't know. I, I feel like they're in a good spot this week, but unfortunately for Gase, and I saw it here in Miami for many years, his interactions just come off so poorly they do with the media they come off as as pretty arrogant and i guess you got to be arrogant to succeed in this business we know that bill belichick has been arrogant for a long time and he succeeded but there's a difference in arrogance and understanding that when your team is six games or five games under 500 you got to be a little bit more humble and unfortunately uh there is no humble in the middle name of uh of adam gase so uh, go back and watch that video by the way of the press conference yesterday and, and all it'll take you is the first three minutes and you'll like laugh like i was laughing at how these bullets were thrown at this guy like wow like i i just uh, it reminds me just how strong <laughs> the, the, the q a is especially in new york uh, as opposed to everywhere else including here in south florida where uh, the Marlins will lose sometimes 12 to nothing. And the first question out of the box can be, uh, but aren't you happy that you saved the bullpen? You know, it's uh, it, it reminds me that I got to be tough in my reporting, too. Uh, one other thing that I wanted to get to is, of course, the college football uh, schedule this week. Now, I know a lot of us in college who follow college football are going to be waiting for the big game between Alabama and LSU coming up in a couple of weeks. And that's really the big game, I think, in the landscape of the schedule. But just to kind of go over a couple of games tomorrow, maybe that you may have interest in that may have some factor in uh, in the college football championship. Of course, Auburn is at LSU. LSU is a 10 and a half point favorite in this game. The total is 58, 330 Eastern game. Uh, most people feel that this game can be close for a while and that LSU will do the same thing to Auburn that they did to Florida. Bo Nix's first big road test at Florida as a freshman quarterback didn't go well. He'll have brighter days, no doubt. But I would expect LSU to win this game and uh you know, I'm more of a dog guy, but I, I do think that there's a chance they cover this ten and a half. Uh, you know who looks really good? Minnesota. Minnesota is on 
uh, a heater this year. They're seven and zero on the season in the Big Ten. No one's talking about them. They're getting almost no respect, understandably so, when you play against a team like Rutgers. But every team, everybody plays against Rutgers. Minnesota sixteen and a half point favors against Maryland. I would expect them to take care of business there. Uh, also in the playoff championship picture, Alabama plays Arkansas. Of course, Tua is out. They're still thirty-two point favorites. Clemson minus thirty-four against Boston College. I know that people ask the same question every week about Clemson. When are they going to play a tough game? When are they going to play a solid opponent? Uh, look, bottom line is they're probably not losing any games. Uh, but at least in a couple of weeks, in uh, November 9th, that, that big day for LSU and uh, at Alabama, they'll play at NC State. Maybe that's the best game that they play all season. Uh, Notre Dame is at Michigan, 730 Eastern. Notre, Notre Dame's a one-point favorite. Michigan, of course, coming off the loss to Penn State. They kind of need this game. Uh, but Notre Dame has really struggled in the big house. So seven of the last eight times they've lost. We'll see if they can right the ship this week. No question about that. Uh, also, I think an interesting game is, is Washington State and Oregon. And, and Oregon is 14-point favorites, yes. But the Ducks' defense hasn't played that well. Washington State's offense is really solid. And they have had a lot of success against Oregon, including 34 to 20 last year in Pullman. So uh, I think Washington State could be a decent play getting the amount of points that they are getting. So that's your look at uh, college football this week. Of course, coming up next, we get back to fantasy football discussion as Jamie Eisenberg will join us for the next two segments. We'll have a Thursday night recap of that ugly game last night between the Redskins and the Vikings. And then we'll preview the fantasy football weekend right here on FNTSY here on Fantasy Sports Today. Just a reminder to like and subscribe to this show in podcast form. You can download us in the iTunes store, Android. There are also some great websites you can listen to us on, sportsgrid.com, fantasysportsnetwork.com. Stitcher is a great app you could listen to us as well as audioboom.com. Make sure you like and subscribe. Give us five stars. Throw my name in there if you wouldn't mind. Craig Mish. Love listening to Craig every single day. That'd be great to see. And you can also follow me on Twitter, of course, at Craig Mish. All right. We'll take a brief time out here on the show. Coming up next, we dive back into fantasy football. Our friend Jamie Eisenberg from CBS Sports tells us what in the world the Redskins will do next. If the Vikings now start rolling and who should we be playing this weekend in fantasy football? Craig Mish with you here on Fantasy Sports Today. And we will be right back after this. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Jamie Eisenberg. (laughs) 
And welcome back. It is FST, FNTSY, Sports Grid. We're all about fantasy football this time of year. This is Fantasy Sports Today. And as always, every Thursday here on the show, we recap the Thursday night football game and preview the weekend with Jamie Eisenberg of CBS Sports and CBSSports.com. And Jamie, thanks once again for doing the show on this Friday. Looking forward to a good weekend, and we'll dive right into it. How uh, How's your week gone so far? Uh, can't complain. How about you? Doing okay, man. Doing okay. Watching the World Series and and enjoying some uh, football and, and, of course, our Gators. Looking forward to seeing what they can do and anticipating this big uh, LSU-Alabama game coming up in a couple of weeks as well. So following all the stuff very closely. Uh, Thursday night football, well, I don't know. Uh, Looked like another dud kind of to me for the most part, Jamie. And I was between that game and, honestly, the uh, college football game because I had some interest there in that one. And, um, and look, I, I don't know what people expected to see, Jamie, on Thursday night, but certainly from a fantasy perspective, there's a couple of guys on Minnesota that ended up getting you fantasy points, and beyond that, everybody was pretty much benchable, fair to say? Oh, for sure. You know, it was, uh, you know, I think some people had some hope for uh, Terry McLaurin. Um, You know, I had him ranked as a number three receiver. Uh, He had some plays that were left on the field, mostly not at his own doing, um, whether it was Case Keenum or certainly Dwayne Haskins, so, you know, it's going to be tough to trust him, depending on the quarterback situation for Washington moving forward. I was actually surprised by Adrian Peterson. I thought he looked good, you know, for um, the setup being as bad as you could potentially have it, you know, for an older running back on a short week with a bad ankle against a tough defense to get over 100 total yards. You know, he he actually looked one of the best I've I've seen him this season and maybe in recent years. So, you know, I don't know if you take anything out of that from him because he kind of is what he is. But, you know, Stephon Diggs has really turned the corner. Yeah. Um, That Dalvin Cook continues to be a star. I would encourage anybody that sees Alexander Madison on the waiver wire to go get him because that is a Dalvin Cook injury away from being a league winner. And so, you know, he should be rostered uh, and and sit on that lottery ticket to potentially cash it. You know, we all want to see Dalvin Cook finish the season clearly, but um, that's how you win the fantasies. You take advantage of those type of scenarios. So, uh, pick up Alexander Madison if he's if he's out there. You can't yeah. do it now, most likely, but next week for sure. Yeah, and, and that's a really good point. So I'll, I'll kind of give you the scenario that was painted to me. We talked about it a little bit on the show yesterday. Is uh, one of my leagues, an important league, uh, drafted Madison and have been sitting on Madison and playing in a league where we got a trade offer, Jamie, yesterday. Or it may have been two days ago, but we were sitting on it for a while. And the trade offer was Latavius Murray for Alexander Madison straight up. And this is the owner that had Cook. And so, you know, I, I have this is a co-league owner, so it's me and another. And I said, you know something? Let's wait until Thursday's practice report comes out. I feel like it's worth a win to chase down 15 points from Murray if Kamara doesn't play. But if I see that Kamara's back at practice, I don't know. I feel like I'd rather just hang on to Madison and see what happens to Cook. Do you think that that is the right approach? I mean, I'm all in on every week at this point. If I'm four and three or five, you know, whatever the record is, as long as I'm not zero and seven or seven and zero or one and six or six and one, I'm trying to play for each week at this point just to get in the playoffs. It's so important to me. Uh, I thought it was a fair trade on the owner's part, but we just didn't pull the trigger. Should we have pulled the trigger there? You would have been getting Latavius. Yes. Yeah, I probably would have pulled the trigger on it just from the standpoint of you've already seen that side of the lottery ticket get cashed and may get cashed again, you know? So, uh, while I think Madison would be a star, um, you never know with rookie running backs, whereas Sean Payton showed you last week that, Hey, there's no Kamara. This guy is a star. So, um, they're kind of the same to me. Uh, so I would have probably taken a chance on the guy playing this week. Um, but I understand where you come from. You know, I mean, it's uh, it, it's 
They're similar. They're very similar. Yeah, and, and for me, uh, you know, if, if Madison was in the Chase Edmonds role where he simply was just taking over, I would have pulled the trigger. But I just was concerned that, that again, uh, you get Kamara back this week, a bye week the following week, and I'm like, well, what are we doing this trade for? You know, that was, that was my concern there. Um, okay, so back to Minnesota here for a minute. You mentioned Stephon Diggs, who over the last three weeks has been the Stephon Diggs that we've known. But the first five weeks of the season, Jamie, he was nowhere near what we had known. And Minnesota's offense, of course, was struggling at times. And you mentioned him turning the corner. Do you think that it's still wise to believe that with Diggs? I know that Thielen was out. What do you think moving forward? I mean, I would sell high because, you know, there's, there's enough of a sample size from a target standpoint. Like, Kirk Cousins just had an unbelievable October, you know, uh, nearly 80% completions. You know, his quarterback rating was through the roof. Uh, you know, touchdown to turnover, all those things. It was just, you know, fantastic. But, you know, we know what the type of quarterback that he is, that this isn't sustainable at this level. You know, whether he tails off dramatically or he just tails off a little bit, he's going to tail off. So where does it come from? You know, does it come from both guys losing production, one guy losing production? This is still a run first team. So I don't necessarily see Stephon Diggs going from six to eight targets per week to 10 to 15. And that's kind of what you need to keep these numbers up. So I think there's a sell high scenario here. Like if you could come off this week and let's just assume Devontae Adams doesn't play and you could turn Stephon Diggs and Devontae Adams to, into Devontae Adams, I would do that. Um, you know, so those are the type of trades I would explore. But I think rest of the season, he's still going to be a number two fantasy receiver. You know, somebody that you could feel comfortable starting, have some good weeks, have some bad weeks. You know, you just don't want to have the, the stretch that we had at the beginning of the season when it was almost droppable to Fon Diggs in some 10-team leagues. You know, so I think it's just one of those things where the, the, there will be a, a settling point in the middle, and you'll still feel good starting to Fon Diggs. You just won't get this consistent type of production. Jamie Eisenberg is with us from CBS Sports and CBSSports.com. Last thing on this game. Dalvin Cook at this point, how many players ahead of him would you rather have in a dynasty league? And how many players in fantasy would you rather have for the rest of this season in a redraft league, Jamie, on Dalvin Cook? Yeah, it's uh, it's a small amount. You know, I think just from a running back standpoint, it's probably Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley, and that might be it. Um, You know, maybe Kamara, but, you know, Cook is – is doing things that, you know, you hope Kamara to do or, you know, same expectations. So, um, you know, I, I think they're, you know, maybe those three guys and that, and that's probably where the line stops. Um, and then, you know, you throw in a, a handful of receivers, you know, a, a healthy Tyree kill with Patrick Mahomes, Michael Thomas. Um, you know, I'm, not, I'm sure I'm going to forget a couple of guys here just off the top of my head, but you know, that's kind of where he's living right now. You know, he's in the, in the top 10 of, of both dynasty and, and, and redraft, he's 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 always had the, the chance to do this. It's just been a matter of health, and you know now this is kind of magnified with the addition of you know, Bradbury at center and uh, Gary Kubiak and Kevin Stefanski, who's putting himself into some head coaching conversations now for next year. Um, it's uh, they're maximizing a star, and it's fun to see. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Jamie Eisenberg with us from CBS Sports, CBSSports.com. Actually, I do have one follow-up on the Washington side of things. Uh, Keenum left the game yesterday with a concussion, and Haskins came in. I suppose there is that chance, Jamie, that Haskins is the guy again moving forward. We saw a very small sample a few weeks ago that didn't look good, but again, rookie quarterback, you don't know. Uh, Do you think that McLaurin's best days are behind him, and now is there just grave concern with the Redskins' offense and fantasy moving forward? Because I don't know that without Keenum, can they do anything? Yeah, it's probably safe to say that his best games are behind him. Um, there'll be some good games, you know, uh, moving forward. But, you know, in terms of trying to pinpoint him, that's probably the tough part. I think the thing that, you know, is really unfair for Haskins is coming in in 
backup situations, you know, without a full week to prepare as a starter, it's probably not a good way to judge him. Not that I think we're going to get a dramatically different performance, but, you know, he should be better with, you know, better prep. Um, this is going to be a tough game all the way around for Washington, assuming there's no drastic injuries in week nine for Buffalo because the Bills defense has been great. So, you know, I don't think you're going to see Terry McLaurin in a lot of lineups and, you know, may not even see him ranked uh, close to the top 30. Um, but, you know, I think there's still an opportunity for him. You know, the hope would be is that if the college connection carries over to the NFL of Haskins and McLaurin from their Ohio State connection, because that was pretty good. Um, and McLaurin, I think, is, you know, as we saw last night, you know, he was abusing Xavier Rhodes running routes. It was a matter of the ball not getting to him. So he's a good player. You know, they'll, they'll make some things, I think, some adjustments to, you know, maybe not have so many downfield throws, but some, you know, opportunities to get him the ball in space. But in terms of comfort level and confidence, it's uh, – it's waning with McLaurin because of the quarterback situation. Yeah, it's a shame because I would think, Jamie, that in terms of like, and there haven't been a lot of like league winner lottery tickets off the waiver wire this year. A lot of it's been you know kind of quarterback related, I guess. But McLaurin was one of those guys that got virtually no pub whatsoever in the early part of the season that was picked up and was a huge waiver ad. When it comes to those kind of players... Do you when you identify those before the season, Jamie? Do you make sure that you draft them in every league, like at the end, like in the last round, or are you the kind of person that says, "Okay, you know, I'll wait to see what they do in a couple of games before I go ahead and take that plunge"? Because McLaurin really, you, you, no one—I mean, was basically, I think, undrafted in most leagues, and then after the first week, he was grabbed, kind of like DJ Shark. Also, I feel like he's in that same category. Yeah, no, there's um, there's always got. I mean, Marquise Brown just with the uh, the foot injury. You know, he was. He was another guy that you know people were, were sort of scared of, and oh, can Lamar Jackson throw? So he was either a late round pick or, or a waiver wire guy. Also, I think when it comes to rookie receivers, you know they're always going to be in that category of if I have an open draft spot, you know, you know beyond 15 rounds, you know you, you take flyers on those type of guys. I mean, it was a Washington team that had quarterback concerns, that had offensive line concerns. The one thing about you know um, you can even throw Chark in there, like you said, you know Chark and Brown and and, and McLaurin for sure is they all ended up in situations where there's no number one receiver. You know, right. so yeah. the, the Washington situation was, you know, it, go back to the, the preseason, you know, it was Josh Stockson and, and, you know, somebody I liked and he just hasn't panned out, you know, Trey Quinn, but he was never going to be a number one guy. Right. He was always going to be a slot guy. Um, Baltimore, we know, they revamped their entire receiving core. Uh, Jacksonville, you know, it was D.D. Westbrook, but it's not like he's a dynamic threat. So they all ended up in situations where for Chark, you know, his second year, they're getting a bigger opportunity, but all in situations where, Somebody's got to get those targets. And so for McLaurin, the weird thing about it was the, the pre-draft process was, yeah, he's a good receiver, but uh, he's a really good blocker, you know, and mm. um, he didn't really get to see, you know, a ton of, like, big splash plays. He had certainly his share, but not like, you know, the Marquise Browns of the world. And so it was going to Washington, not necessarily a huge pedigree, not a first-round pick, you know, so he's been a, a, an unbelievably pleasant surprise and has put himself in a situation that if they can figure out the quarterback situation for 2020, He's going to be somebody drafted as one of those high-end number three receivers. No doubt. That has a chance to maybe take that DJ Chark uh, leap as a sophomore. Yeah, for sure. It will be all about the quarterback there. We're all about quarterback conversation coming up next. Jamie Eisenberg, Craig Bish here with you on Fantasy Sports Today. Who is in? Who is out? The Lions running back situation as well. We'll get to it all next here on FST. Don't go away.
NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Jamie Eisenberg. And welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Another segment here with Jamie Eisenberg of CBS Sports and CBSSports.com. As uh, Jamie, has this season moved fast for you? We're, we're basically uh, more than 50% done with the fantasy regular season and almost halfway done with the NFL uh, regular season as well. So are you able to, to catch a breath yet or we're still not there? You keep moving this thing along. Every time we talk, you're like, it's almost over. We're almost done. We are. It's almost over. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's true. Uh, no, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's moving, I think, at the same pace most NFL seasons move at. You know, you, you, they, they go in sort of segments. You know, it's the excitement level of July and, and August. And then, you know, you get to the start of the season. It's like, okay, we're, we're done with that preseason garbage. Let's right. move on now to the games. And we get to see what actually all the things that we studied for. You know, it's like taking your test. And uh, the test happens, and, you know, you get through the middle of October where, you know, we, we're at right now, and then it's, okay, now it's the stretch run to Thanksgiving. You know, and so that's the uh, – this is the, the grind right now for me. It's always the middle of October through Thanksgiving. And as most people are like, yeah, let's go away for Thanksgiving, and all these people are making their family plans. Like, I, I, I can't go anywhere. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, it's coming up toward the end. I mean, at the end, you'll be – next week I won't bring this up. I'll, I'll say, boy, Jamie, this is just – this season is dragging, man. I feel like it should be over. I'll do the opposite of that. All right, so uh, let's start with well, quarterback. Well, you probably will say that because baseball will, will be done. So that's you're, right, you're that's right. Focused. In December, I'll be at the uh, winter meetings in San Diego. Okay, so, <laughs> um, okay, Mahomes, uh, Breeze, and Matt Ryan. Uh, I mean, that's like a, not even a question. That's like a statement. But those three quarterbacks – I mean, how are you approaching your rankings? How are you approaching the playing time this week? And and look, I mean, we're all in the prediction business of just reading practice reports. Unless you have some extra insight, let me know. But those, those seem to be three critical players that are questionable this week at best. Is Does that make sense? Yes. Uh, I mean, look, I, it'd be such a shock if the Chiefs played Mahomes. But the fact that he's practicing is uh, is, is amazing in itself. So unless you are willing to play Matt Moore, and have those two guys as your only quarterback. You go into Sunday night with, I'll play Matt Moore and I'll take my chances. But if Mahomes is a game time decision, you play him. But uh, you know, I think you just play it safe because of the Sunday night game. And the Saints situation is is so interesting because there are so many people who, without Lamar Jackson and Dak Prescott and potentially Mahomes, were saying, okay, I'll play Teddy against the yeah, Cardinals. Like me, great. yeah, right. You know, and and made those moves on Tuesday. And here you are, you know, uh, not knowing what the, the scenario is going to be um, of Breeze playing or not. So that can make you pivot to the waiver wire again, and you're hoping that there's still a Ryan Tannehill or a Mason Rudolph, the other good streaming options, still sitting there. Um, for Ryan, you know, it kind of was a situation where we got the report 
Sunday night and Monday that not as bad as originally feared, and you know he'll be out there next week, and he's got the you know consecutive gameplay streak going that he wants to play. So I probably would rank them in terms of comfort of expecting to play as Ryan one, Breeze two, and Mahomes three. And the only reason I put Ryan ahead of Breeze is that the Saints having their bye next week and Bridgewater playing as well as he has, you know, they have the luxury of, great, we're glad you're back, Drew. We're glad that you're fired up to play. We're glad medical has cleared you. But we don't want to risk you taking a shot on your hand and all of a sudden you're out for another month. Yeah, especially in the situation uh, with Breeze and Mahomes, I don't, I don't get those at all. The the Ryan thing does make sense uh, on a couple of levels. Level number one, you're right, he has the streak going. And the second thing is, is that look, there are going to be whispers, no doubt, in the off season that Atlanta just tears this thing down and trades Matt Ryan. I mean, that, that that's going to be out there. Whether or not that happens, we'll have no idea. But uh, Atlanta looks like in a complete, to me, I don't know about you, Jamie. They look like a complete real rebuild mode. No talent whatsoever on defense except for Keanu Neal, who's hurt. Um, you know, offensively, the running back is getting older uh julio jones who they just signed to a long-term deal yes is getting older uh ridley's good i mean i don't know i, I think atlanta needs to start over so well, i mean we'll see that's just you know spec pure speculation on my part with no inside info okay the lions running back situation ty johnson gets the start against the giants ty johnson uh I, I know that you've been doing your research into him i've seen you making some posts on social media we don't know a lot about him clearly uh i have maintained uh, just like I did with Houston going back to the preseason, that the running back for the Lions has not presented itself for the rest of this season, Jamie. That's what I think. But talk me into Ty Johnson if you want and tell me what he will end up doing this week because uh, we talk about league winners. Is Ty Johnson a league winner? Is he a guy that gets 20 carries for 40 yards and he's done? Is it somewhere in between? Give me an idea. I think it's probably somewhere in between. You know, um, the Lions running game has been very up and down. You saw the, the high against Kansas City, you know, when to carry on Johnson carried the offense to a near upset. Uh, unfortunately, he had a bad fumble in that game, but, you know, that was what you were hoping to see from him all season long. And then there's been some moments where you got the 20 for 40, but he scored a touchdown. He had a couple of receiving, or at least one receiving touchdown. So, you know, he's had some good fantasy moments, but the, the real-life production just hasn't looked as good. I just don't know if they're a good run-blocking team. And so the thing that you're hoping for is volume, you know, so that he steps into, you know, carry on was averaging basically 19 total touches per game in the five healthy games that he played. So you throw out last week, uh, if he's going to get, let's say 16 of those, because I think that JD McKissick takes on, you know, a couple more touches as well. Um, and a matchup against the giants that puts him in the number two running back category for this week. And then I think if he's 16, 18 total touches moving forward, if he remains the guy, then that's going to put him in the flex conversation most weeks. So, He's kind of how you view carry on, I think, if you know, depending on if you were excited about him and hoping him to eventually have some breakout moments, you know, dial that back fifty percent, you know, forty percent. And if you were just okay, I'll take a flyer on, on Ty Johnson because he's going to be a guy with a pulse that gets touches, then you just have to sort of weigh him against the rest of your team and the matchups that they have. But they're past their bye week. And so if he's gonna be the guy, then that puts him again in the uh Kind of like what we you got from Adrian Peterson last night, you know, where it's a uneventful, not exciting performance, but he gets you 100 total yards, and that's something that can help your fantasy roster and be serviceable for you. And by the way, did you pick up McKissick or this other guy Trey Carson in any league? Not Trey Carson. Um, I did pick up McKissick in a few leagues just to see what happens. You know, it's one of those situations where if all of a sudden we come out and he becomes James White. You know, not not to that level, obviously, but you right. know, a guy that's yeah. catching you know five to six passes and can do some things in the passing game better in PPR than non-PPR because I don't think he's going to be the goal line guy. I don't think he's going to be a guy that they use it in the 20s. But, 
you know, if he's in that, you know, three to five carry range, um, you know, six to eight catch range, he's uh, on the level of, or I shouldn't say on the level, he's uh, on, on the touch potential, much lower level of guys like Austin Eckler and James White, you know, when things are working well, three cone, you know, those, those type of running backs that in PPR can be flexes for you. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, earlier today, just as a heads up, I don't know if, if this is any indication, but Vegas does seem to know uh, that Seattle-Atlanta game, they whacked that lineup all the way to seven. So something must be going on here for Seattle to go from three to seven. I guess we'll find out later today. Maybe Ryan is not playing, but that's not normal for that to happen. Um, okay, so now to the New England situation, Jamie. Uh, we can forget about Gordon. I'm not, I have no interest whatsoever in him. Owned him in a couple of leagues. Cut him. If he signs with somebody else, great. I, I don't see a future there. I think it's over. But in terms of that uh, volume, in terms of those targets, Dorsett off the wire, Sanu off the wire, is there a tight end that hasn't presented itself? I don't care that New England hasn't, you know, Brady clearly is not throwing 50 touchdowns like he did in the past. But look, the guy's still going to throw a touchdown or two every game. they got to go somewhere outside of Edelman. Who are the guys in New England? I, I think Dorsett is still the, the second best guy, just from the standpoint of, He's their really only outside threat. Now, maybe Nikhil Harry, when he comes off the injured list, changes that a little bit. But in terms of speed, he's their speed receiver that they trust. And so you've seen it's it's a, a small sample size because he's been banged up. But in the games without Antonio Brown, he's been successful more times than not. And it really only takes four to five targets for him. Last year, toward the end of the season, it was a five-target mark that every time he hit five targets, he basically either found the end zone or you know, did something you know significant. And this year, it's been four targets. For that to happen so he doesn't need to be um, a high volume receiver now that sort of limits his ceiling a little bit because if he's not getting all those targets he's never gonna you know become a safe must-start receiver but if you're talking about with the bye weeks with injuries uh, when he has some good matchups as we know you know they're gonna start to see a little bit tougher opponents so maybe the uh, the level of, of throws we're getting from Tom Brady because Brady just hasn't been very efficient lately um, that helps uh, I think help, having a better offensive line will help so I would take Dorsett over Sanu Sanu is going to be, I think, kind of basically what he was in Atlanta, a very good possession receiver, um, a guy that can give you sort of a, a floor of 10 PBR points when things are going right and a ceiling of 15 or 16. I don't think he's going to be a big touchdown guy. So I would say, you know, Dorsett benefits the most with Gordon gone, and then Sanu now gets a little bit of a bump from where he was in Atlanta. All right, we'll, uh, a couple more for Jamie Eisenberg of CBS Sports, cbssports.com. Catch him on Fantasy Football Today over at CBS Sports, CBS Sports HQ. Uh, last week we talked about Chase Edmonds. Uh, you said he had to be owned in all leagues, probably started in all leagues. I know that that was a wacky situation with the whole David Johnson thing. Uh, I, I want to end with your thoughts on this, Jamie, because as somebody that has been on the other side of this as a reporter, I thought, I'm taking the contrarian side, I don't know what fantasy football owners thought that Arizona was supposed to do. Like, these guys are trying to win games. I understand that probably most reporters covering football and cover and play, they play fantasy, but if they were not able to extract that information as beat writers, why is such a heavy indictment coming in on them? I don't get it. I'm like, I mean, I covered football, and I certainly wanted to know for fantasy purposes who was going to do what. I thought Arizona just did a great job of hiding it, which is well within their means to do. I don't know if they necessarily hit it. You know, I, I, I think it was a situation of David Johnson was probably ready to go and couldn't go. You know, it doesn't make any sense if he was hurt to put him out there for the first carry, you know, unless they were trying to say, okay, we want to give you a start streak or something, you know, of, of being out there. Um, my guess is that there was some level of discomfort or setback or just him not feeling right, or, or maybe the plan was, okay, you're going to get the first carry, Chase is going to get the second carry, and then we're going to rotate you guys through. 
And then Chase just took off running, and it was like, okay, you know, you're not right, sit down. So, you know, it, it's it, it's a weird situation because we all got burned when we found out that David Johnson was ruled active. But, you know, I mean, these are, like you said, you know, there's gamesmanship involved with this from their standpoint. Yeah. I don't think that they really wanted to go into a game with one healthy running back. So I'm, I'm assuming that they felt David Johnson was healthy enough to go if needed, um, despite, you know, maybe suffering some level of, of injury. The fact that they've brought in now two guys in a situation where they've played themselves back into playoff contention, I'm sure they want to have the healthy David Johnson playing. So that they bring in Alfred Morris and Zach Center, that's an indication, I'm sure, that he's not right. right. So, you know, I think it was a situation that he was legitimately – dealing with something and you know you sort of have to you know factor in that you know i don't think any of the cardinals writers they're all very good you know i, I i've followed many of them and you know uh, had conversations with some of them um you know that the, the, the top ones that cover the team have been around there forever so it's not like they're doing anything uh, of a disservice yeah. and, and i don't yeah. think the cardinals um you know despite some of the poor social media posts and, and things that they've had in in handling the situation um had any ill will toward deceiving anyone but you know, the game would have been a totally different situation if Chase Edmonds tweaked an ankle or a hamstring, and then they had to put David Johnson back in there, and all of a sudden he's like, you know, Coach, I can't go. <laughs> so, right. uh, you know, that would have been a, a, a real story, I think, coming out of this. They didn't get production out of their guy from a team standpoint. All right, Jamie, thanks again for coming on. Really appreciate it. We'll check back with you again next Friday. Have a great weekend. You too, bud. There he is, Jamie Eisenberg, CBS Sports, cbsports.com. He's been in the locker room. He's been a fantasy analyst. He gets it, like me. We'll take a quick time out here on Fantasy Sports today. Exit Velocity is next. Don't go away. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Before we turn it over to full-time fantasy, coming up at the top of the hour, Adam Ronis, Dr. Roto, standing by with the latest practice reports. Let's give you a little exit velocity. I feel the need. Velocity. All right, we end the show with a little do or die. This is it tonight for the Houston Astros in game three of the World Series. And yes, some of this World Series without question has been overshadowed by the ugly incident that happened in their clubhouse, which led to their assistant general manager being fired. But you know what's uglier? is getting swept in the World Series by any team, which in this case could potentially be the Washington Nationals. So is this series still alive for Houston? Of course it is. Houston is the best team in baseball going on almost three years. But if they lose tonight, it's over. They are not coming back down 0-3 in the World Series. It's never been done before, and it won't be done again. So tune in tonight to see the drama unfold. Will it be Washington or Houston? I will be curious. 
That'll do it for the show. Thanks again to Jamie Eisenberg for coming on the program. Thanks to our producer, as always, Sean Glastamaki, and, of course, Greg Sussman for helping us out today as well. Have a great weekend, everybody. Full-time Fantasy is next. I'm Craig Mish. Talk to you Monday at noon along with Joe Pizzapia. See ya. to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 network today. We'll get them off your back. 800 961 800-961-3631. 800-961-3631. 800-961-3631. 800-961-3631.